you get to a certain dollar amount and you realize, hey, it's not all about money. That was when I had that big switch and it was like, hey, okay, from here, I can just keep pushing and I can try to you know, become a billionaire in the next 10 years or I can find that balance and really be happy instead of just staying on the hamster wheel. Nate, how are you feeling? Feeling great. Yeah. Good being here. You ready to get intimate? Yeah. I have no idea what I'm walking into here. So. so the very first instruction for this game, by the way, is note, we stare deeply into each other's eyes. Wait, we have to do that? Absolutely. It's. I told you, this is the okay. 36 questions right. that help strangers fall in love. And, you know, we're not going to try and go that far tonight, but we're going to try and get to know uh, each other a little bit more, right? Everyone has watched you on YouTube. They know you as a creator. They know you as a businessman. But maybe to get to know you a little bit better as a human being. So the way this works is we're going to stare deeply into each other's eyes. The first person who blinks ends up drawing the first card. Oh, no. Yeah. So there are three levels of cards here. We'll start on level one. Right, level one questions are usually like, oh, you know, if I were a band, what do you think my name would be? What type of music do you think I'd be playing? Okay. Right. In level three, it's the types of questions like, what about yourself do you see in me? You know, varying pretty levels deep, of depth. Yeah, yeah it gets okay. pretty pretty deep. Right. right. It's a little a little bit of a mix up. Right. So we're gonna start though with eye contact, and then whoever loses draws the first card for level one. Does that sound good? Sure. All right. Beautiful. Okay. Three, two. A lot. Oh, we'll try our best. We'll try and get 15 seconds, yeah? Three, two, one. Uh, I'm going to blink. I think I'm just going to voluntarily blink here because I can tell you've done this before. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I was actually at my limits as well. Yeah. <laughs> how, 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 how did that feel? Prolonged eye contact. Um, well, well, the blinking part was tough, but yeah. I've actually gotten really good eye contact. Really? Um, I, I read a book in high school, Yeah. and it just taught me how important eye contact was. And because wow, uh, before, because I'm an introvert, right? So yeah. I used to always just like look away, look away. Yeah. And I realized if you just, you know, look at your eyes. I yeah. feel exceedingly awkward <laughs> just mm. because I looked at people's eyes. So when I was younger, well, similar to you, extreme introvert, I learned how to speak with people by taking public speaking courses. And it really helped me get off my shell. And it's hurt me as well because sometimes people talk with me and they're like, Eric, it sounds like you're reading off a script. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, this is actually just how I learned to talk. Yeah, and that's the thing, like introverts, we have to learn how to interact with people. Yeah, all this uh, gosh darn extroverts, it's just easy for you. Yeah. You don't understand the pain. We have to learn. Oh my God, like after this, I'm just going to go into my bed and just like lie down with the covers and just be like, let me be alone, please. I know. I know. And so it's funny <laughs> you say that because the same way for me, I also learned one trick because I always felt so awkward about iconic was to stare at their forehead or their nose. Hmm. So with this, I actually was staring at your eyes. Yeah, right? I'm you, you, at your eyes. You have, you have yeah. great eyes. Oh, and I, yeah, you do. And I, I feel so awkward because I'm, I'm used to looking at the forehead or nose. Like, that's my hack when I actually meet people. I'm never looking at their eyes. So every oh. time I do this, it's actually more of like a challenge than anything. Okay. Right? Yeah. But yeah, we did it together. It's something, you know, we wouldn't go up to a stranger and just say, stare at me. And I think it's a very good start. So you actually did blink first. I did. I did. So we're going we're gonna to have you choose. This one, this one here? Level one. All right. Wait, is this level one? I don't know. Okay, that's level three. So this is oh. one, two, three. Okay. Pick I a card. in the middle just in case you put a bad Oh, yeah, in case I stacked it. Okay, so what's this? Um, you want to read it out? I can look at both sides, right? Yeah, well, the first side just says level one, so the oh, other side. Okay. What fast food restaurant do you think I'm most likely to drive through? What's my order? <sighs> so, Nate, you previously shared with me. I knew you grew up on a farm. That makes me feel 
you grew up not in an east or west coastal city, but something a little bit more inland. So I'm trying to think, what are the fast food restaurants you grew up with? What are the types of foods you would like? You know, I'm going to go with Boston Market. <laughs> I didn't know Boston Market was still a th- thing. I, th- I thought they went bankrupt. but uh, They might have gone bankrupt. But there was one in my town, so that is a good guess. Wow. Um, Did you like it? I've never been. So <laughs> I was so ex- I was so excited. I've I've never been, um, but there there was one in my town. So. See, I figured because Boston Market, right? Boston Market, to your point, it might be bankrupt because it really was of a classier sort than typical fast food, right? You know, like McDonald's is like, hey, I made like chicken nuggets and who knows what's in them and yeah. it's fried. And Boston Market's like, here's like a proper meal. Here's like some potatoes. Here's some mm-hmm. meatloaf. And I felt like yeah. you were like a meat and potatoes type of guy. I do love meat and potatoes. See, so. I figured you liked Especially it. Especially potatoes. It's, oh, I you know, love it's potatoes. the core of, of, of any meal. Oh my potatoes. gosh. I'm right now, I'm doing this challenge called 75 Hard. Where, oh yeah. You're familiar with I've, it? I've heard of it. Have yeah. you done it before? No. no. So for those of you who don't know, 75 days, no carbs, no added sugar, no alcohol, no caffeine. You work out, you do something physical twice a day and you read. And I love potatoes so much. And I, I haven't eaten French fry and I'm it's killing me. That's rough. We went to In N Out three nights in a row at uh, Vid Summit. So Is that in fact your favorite fast food restaurant? No. No. Okay. I don't we, really like In N Out that much. But you gotta tell me that. Oh, what is uh, it? I would say probably honestly, I'm I'm a simple guy, you know, Chick-fil-A. I get two Chick-fil-A sandwiches and a vanilla milkshake. Nice. What's the first time you ever went to Chick-fil-A? Do you remember? Yeah, it was like twenty 19 so pretty recent pretty recent yeah so this is not a childhood core yeah. memory no we didn't we didn't really go out to eat ever when i was yeah. growing up what so. did you eat uh just whatever my parents made usually my mom would lasagna baked ziti you know like all the the normal uh just middle of pennsylvania dinners that you would expect i mean i know you say like oh yeah like normal things lasagna baked ziti but like obviously i know it might shock people but like i'm asian right so like <laughs> Those are foods I associate with like university dining halls. That is, yeah, pretty much actually, yeah, that's, that's what I, I ate. Like, um, you know, beef stew. Oh, that sounds delicious. Clam chowder. What was your favorite dish that your, your parents used to make? Um, I, actually the, the chowder that my mom makes is really yeah. good. Yeah. Have you like learned crab in it to stuff. make it yourself or? Uh, not yet, but, um, I, I did have a crock pot when I had an apartment and that yeah. was, uh, I was, I was learning a lot of things. The, the, the crock pot was the secret. Because you can just put everything in there in the morning, and by dinner time you have a nice meal. What do you would you feel like is the Nate O'Brien meal, the one that if I came to your house and I said, you know, I'm really hungry, please help. Hmm. What well, would you do? I mean, I make a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oh God, that would kill me, literally, <laughs> allergy. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm for sorry. real. <laughs> now it's totally cool. I can tell no, you I'm feel bad. You. Yeah. Oh, you know, I actually, I feel like peanut butter and jelly is like such a staple. Oh yeah. And when I was in college. I wasn't making much and I really hated the dining hall food. So one day I walked into 7-Eleven, I bought some rice cakes. I'm like, well, this is just carbs. I need some protein. And I saw this aisle of peanut butter. And so the thing is, I'm allergic to nuts. Technically, tree nuts are different than peanuts. Tree nuts are, Anna, they grow on trees. And peanuts, they're legumes. They grow on the the ground. ground, So I was like, I shouldn't be allergic to peanuts. And so I actually actually bought a big old thing of peanut butter. This is like sophomore year of college. I remember I was so excited. Nate, I literally had a moment where I was like, I've lived my whole life doing what other people have told me to do. And now it's time to see for myself what's right and what's not. And based on the science, I should be fine. So I was remembering this XKCD comic. Are you familiar with XKCD? No. So it's this former NASA scientist. He draws a bunch of stick figures, but he has one comic where he shows 
a stick figure man pulling a lever, getting hit by lightning. And he says, I shouldn't do that again. And he shows a scientist doing the exact same thing, pulling lever and hit by lightning and be like, let's see if that happens if I try that once more. That's how I felt. In the spirit of scientific inquiry, let me eat the peanut butter. So I went and put it on the rice cakes and I took a few big bites and I thought it was delicious. It was so good, Nate. I am so jealous that you get to eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches. And then after a few minutes, I walked over to my roommates. And I'm like, this feels really spicy. Is peanut no. butter supposed to have like a spicy, tingly mouthfeel? <laughs> and they're like, no. And I was like, great, I am dying. And I walked into the emergency room, so. That's rough, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, peanut butter tastes terrible anyway, so don't. But you don't. eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Yeah, it's because it's, it's good. I'm, I'm trying to make you feel better. <laughs> if I ever go out, I'm going to go out with a Reese's peanut butter cup. I've already decided. Yeah. All right, I'm going to pick one. Level two. Okay, this is a wild card. We're not going to do wild cards. Another wild card. It's another staring contest. We read oh, no. that. <laughs> Don't worry. Okay, here's one. Whoa, this is level two? Okay. Nate, are you lying to yourself about anything? I really have to think about this pretty deep. I would say um, I spend a lot of time with myself. And so, uh, you know, like, for example, I think a lot of people are scared to be in their own heads and like just like, you know, like they always need to be with friends, always need to be like uh, distracted by Netflix or something to just always stay entertained. Yeah. I've, I've gotten really good at it where like, you know, I can be by myself and in my own thoughts and content and happy. Um, lying to myself about anything, I would say maybe religion's kind of weird. You know, I think a lot of people face that with like you grow up, you know, Catholic or you grow up um, in a specific religion. And yeah you're kind of going through the motion sometimes uh, and maybe you question it sometimes and say, you know, I could have been born into any religion. Um, so I definitely had some of those, those periods in my life as well. But um, wow. Yeah. What do you feel you used to believe and what do you feel you see yourself as not true anymore or what you quote unquote, see yourself lying to yourself about? That's such a tough question. It really is. Um, Cause my views are very malleable in, in terms of, you know, like, I mean, I, I could believe any religion. Yeah. I'm, I'm just using religion for this example here, but I feel like I could believe any of them if I was, you know, if I read the book or if I was born into it, my family's involved with it. Yeah. Um, that kind of goes with politics as well. Yeah. You know, with, with um, the biggest factor for what will determine your political beliefs is your family. Absolutely. And um, there's a lot of people who, you know, maybe you are, a Democrat and your all your families are Republicans and then you kind of have to like go through the motions and you know right kind of lie to yourself that you believe a certain thing um I really get that yeah but uh I wouldn't say I'm lying to myself about really anything serious I, I can't think of anything specific at the That's moment good. that means you know yourself yeah I think for me when I was young I you know you talked a bit about family right like how you grow with them, often your religion, your politics. I would say, yeah, a lot of your early, my early life philosophy was shaped by my parents, right? And my parents came from Asia, we immigrated. And for them, the most important thing they cared about was actually just being financially secure. In a way, that was their religion. We like didn't go to yeah. church, we weren't very political. It's just like, go get a well-paying job. And in a way, that religion was what I believed for a long time. I said, you know, my life's goals to go work in Goldman Sachs. I know, so inspiring. <laughs> and I know, pretty, pretty, looking back, pretty unfortunate. And because of that, I grew up telling myself, hey, I'm super miserable right now <laughs> and completely alone. 
if I work really hard and I end up in finance and I'm making a well-paying, stable job, that makes it worth it. And I will deserve this because of how hard I've worked. I'm okay not having friends. I'm okay just sitting here studying, not knowing how to talk to people because this is the path I need to take to get to where I want to be. And I realized when I was in college, like, wow, what a, what a pile of BS. Like, what a pile of Like, I was just completely miserable. <laughs> and I was lying to myself because I told myself that it was worth it. And I was doing this because I had to, because this was the only way to live life. But like, that was just me choosing to subject myself and believe in this narrative of what I had to do. Like, that was a choice, you know? And I could have absolutely realized earlier, I don't want to do this in my life and I can do something else. And the quote unquote, the misery. Have you ever seen that meme where it's like a bunch of people at a party and there's like one guy in a corner yep. and he's I mean, like, like, they don't know. Yeah, that, they don't you know. realize that. I don't know. Like I'm a, you know, smart person because of X, Y, Z. Right. Like that's how I felt at every single party. And I was like, they don't realize that. Like, you know, I'm working hard. I'm going to do, go do great things. And I was like, wow, what a, like a stupid way of thinking. And I was just inflicting this on myself meaninglessly. Like I didn't have to do this. I absolutely could have woken up and be like, no, like maybe I should try and be a full human being. Nobody forced this path on me. So yeah, I guess, I guess it's a way of saying, I think now everything is a choice and I have a lot of choice in what I want to do. And I used to believe like, no, like I have to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was me lying to myself. Wow. That's, that's really deep. And I can yeah. totally relate to that. Yeah. yeah. What do you feel like for you? Do you, what, what do you feel like are the choices that you made that you weren't sure about, or you had to think a lot about? Yeah, there definitely was a lot of sacrifice with sort of kind of the similar angle with uh, business. Yeah. You know, when I was in college, most of my freshman year, I didn't like, you know, it'd be a Saturday night and I would just be working, uh, not studying for school. I'd just be working on building businesses. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was somehow, yeah, like I, I had to make that sacrifice and I couldn't have friends. and I just had to go through and, you know, do it, um, which, I, you know, I guess it. It is kind of true to an extent, you know, if, if you actually do want to be on the level of, say, Mr. Beast, for example, you really can't take much time off. Um, but I've luckily found a really nice balance. And, you know, I don't have everything figured out, but I think I figured out quite a bit where I can have that yeah. work-life balance where, you know, I'll go into the woods. You know, I have my trucks out, uh, out west yeah. right now, and I'll, I'll, I'll go out there a couple yeah. weeks and spend some time off. Make yourself peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah, I'll eat them in the woods, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you feel like helps you realize to move into something a bit more balanced, right? Or to shift from what you described you initially started as, like very solo focused? Yeah, I think it was, it was um, you know, I think it's because I got comfortable. and huh. But I also think this is okay. Um, you know, I think when you get to a certain dollar amount where you know, say you have, for everybody, it's going to be different. Maybe it's in the six figure range. Maybe it's in the, you know, millions of dollars or something, but you get to a certain dollar amount and you realize, Hey, it's not all about money. You know, you can cover everything that you need to for the rest of your life. And that was when I had that big switch and it was like, Hey, okay, from here, I can just keep pushing and I can try to, you know, become a billionaire in the next 10 years, yeah. or I can find that balance and really be happy instead of just staying on the hamster wheel and just keep going, going, going. Fascinating. Yeah, because I, I kind of, I don't know, like I think there's, I have a lot of friends who are so much business focused yeah. where they don't do anything fun. And 
it's sort of like a half-baked theory that I think some of them, and I could be totally wrong in this, but I think some of them almost don't, like they're not, they're not happy. And so they, they like don't want to be with themselves. They don't want to have any downtime um, because they're not happy with themselves. And, you know, if they have to spend a day doing nothing, you know, going on vacation or something, they're going to get antsy and they're going to be just in a weird state of mind. Um, And I've, it's just a theory that I have on certain people who, who work extremely hard. Um, But not all of them, of course, some people just absolutely love what they're doing as well. I feel like, that resonates with me deeply because I feel like you're describing what it takes to get to a sense of self-security, right? Mm. Because as you said, there are some people who truly love and this is what they would do. There are a lot of people who do it because they're afraid, right? Sometimes, and I still have a lot of these feelings, right? Oh my gosh, I need to work harder because I'm falling behind. And when you talked about, oh, like I've hit this level, right? This number, what have you, to the point where I can go do other things. And what you're describing, you hit a point where you felt more secure. Yeah. Um, and for me, the, the biggest thing, especially when I look back on it, the reason why I did anything in business yeah. was for freedom. Like I wanted the freedom of my time mm. and now, and, and, and then I got it. And then I, I almost had this, this thing. I, in 20, probably 2020, I looked around and said, well, okay, like I, I have my freedom for the rest of my life if I want it. So do I keep going with this? And that's why I kind of wow. dialed it back a little bit. I feel like it. you just described a huge unlock. The moment when you realize I'm free and I can do the things that I want to, yeah. not the things that I feel like I have to. Yeah. Super interesting. All right. Want to pick another level too? Sure. All right. How would you describe the feeling of being in love in one word? Wow. <laughs> These really are deep, deep questions. Deep. How would I describe the feeling of being in love in one word. You know, I'm gonna ask this of you too, so. Well, I, I, don't, have, I don't know how I'd describe it. Um, I really have to think about this. Well, I'm gonna think about it first and then I'll answer it. I'll give you time to think about it too. Hmm. One word, because maybe if I had a couple Yeah, like a phrase. Like a, yeah. I think for me, <clears throat> hard. Hard, yeah, because now I've said my one word so I can expand into like sentences and phrases. It's so, I realized over the years that my perceptions of love are so much shaped by what I received as a kid from my parents, right? There's actually a lot of theory out there. I don't know if you've heard of attachment theory. Yeah. Oh, great. But it essentially states that how your family, how your parents and guardians loved and supported you shapes what you even think love is, right? Maybe your parents weren't always there for you and you learn to associate love with a little bit of like anxiety or uncertainty. Like I have to work hard and like prove myself and receive that validation. Or maybe that love came a little bit more distant. And then it was like, you know what? I don't need this either. Like we're both just chill. And so I think... I find love hard because it's, I don't know if my definition of what it means maps to other people's definitions. And I think that's really hard to figure out until you're in it. I remember one of the people that I dated very early on, when I told her for the first time, oh, I love you. She replied back to me, I love you for some definitions. And I was like, you know, I actually appreciate it because she like, she came from like math, right? And apparently Mm -hmm. like, this is a thing in math, like for some definitions, for all definitions, this theorem is true. 
Mm. I thought about, at first I was like, mm, and then I was like, yeah, like who knows like what my definitions and your definitions are and if I'm doing this right. So it's a very math response. Yeah. It was very math response. That, yeah, yeah. It was like for some definitions. And as we spent more time together, it ended up working out, but as we spent more time together, it became for more definitions. And eventually one day it became for most definitions. Mm, interesting. Um, what about for you? I think, well, obviously there's different, you know, different forms of love, right? You can have your family, you could have like a significant other. Um, I would say just the first word that popped into my mind, and I'm sure if we sat here for another hour, I could really come up with something sure. you know, uh, interesting, but I would say self selflessness. Yeah. That's a word, right? Yeah, that's a okay. word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just where you're putting your, yourself below or putting someone else above you. And so, you know, for example, when you're a parent, you take mm-hmm. care of your child who's sick even though they're probably going to give you swine flu or something, right? Like, <laughs> or monkeypox exactly. or whatever. And you're yeah. like, well, you know what? Cause I, and you know, you, you love your child and, um, and so you take care of them. Right. Wow. And that goes for, uh, anyone in your family or yeah. anyone that you're in a, in a relationship with. Um, so that's probably the one, one word that I would, and it could be something as like even more simple, you know, you could take even more broad. It could just be helping uh, someone on the street, right? That could be love. Yeah. It's just a different definition of it, but you put, them above you and you help them and you do something for them and that's a form of love wow so like love is prioritizing that above yourself that's yeah that's probably how i would define it really fascinating because if you think about it like we come into this world and there's like so many things in a way we always have to look out for ourselves. people are very selfish yeah we have to and i think that you're only able to prioritize others and love others when you are coming from a place of having that security and love in yourself. So I'm actually noticing a theme in several several things you've shared today, right? Your point around reaching a number or really a place of security where you felt free, right? Describing love as selflessness. You know, you can help others when you yourself are in a place good enough to help. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to choose one. Now. I'm going to go into level three, okay? All right, let's do it. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. Ooh, Wow. So you probably noticed level one is all about like, what do you think of X or Y about me, right? Level two is a little more like, well, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on this? So level three, it's, it's gets, it starts to get very meta. So in one word, how would you describe our conversation? I have to think about this for a second. <laughs> it's uh, hard, right? In one word. Yeah, one word. And then you can give more context after. I'm just thinking of a boring word. I don't have a great answer for this one. Well, okay, I'll start first. It is hard. New. Because, Nate, we've talked a lot over the past couple of years, but never to this degree. And I think with new things comes both, hey, a little bit, for me, I feel a little bit of anxiety like even asking you to come here today, I was like, I'm making a, I'm making a bid. I'm like, Nate, would you be interested in doing it? And like, you could have been like, ah, I'm not free. And I've been totally cool. And I've been like, no worries. And probably been like, oh, I would really like to. Yeah. And in a way I'm making a bid and you reciprocate it. Like, yeah, I'd love to, right? Like, I think that's how relationships are built. You share a little bit of vulnerability and you see like, is this other person, if I'm making this ask, are they going to receive it? And so in a way, like this is new because I'm asking you things that I haven't asked you before that I normally wouldn't Mm -hmm. that get like more personal. And so as I ask them, I answer them, I'm a little like, like, (laughs) how's he feeling? Like, 
Is he down? And as you answer, then I actually feel closer because then I'm like, oh yeah, he is sharing and I understand you better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the word I was going to use, uh, the one that popped into my head first was uh, unique. Yeah. Because I, I don't do this with anyone really. Um, actually, I'd, I, I don't really, and this is just something that uh, maybe this is me as an introvert, but I actually don't really talk to many people about these, yeah. these kind of ideas and concepts. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I like this because it's an excuse for me to try something I normally wouldn't, which is like, yeah, like let me share things I'm scared about and things I'm not sure about yeah, and see how that goes. It's, it's almost a relief in a way, you know, just being able to talk yeah. about certain things like this. Yeah, because yeah. there's like there's like a framework, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know, as much as I'd like to, I probably would have felt too scared. I'm just like sitting with you at VidCon and be like, so Nate, like how, <laughs> what are the challenges you're thinking through? It's like really hard to get into that. But in a way, I, I yeah. would also deflect that. You know, when, uh, yeah. when you see someone, unless it's your extremely close friend that you're already vulnerable with, you see someone, you say, oh, how you doing? They say, oh, you know, good. Or, oh, yeah, pretty good. Just busy or something. People always deflect yeah. uh, how they're actually doing or, you know, what, what they're actually feeling. And this is, it's like an excuse to yeah. be a little more. Actually, exactly. so when people ask you how you're doing, do you usually answer like, oh, I'm good? Because you're thinking like, oh, I don't want to get into it. I want to have them spend their time and I spend their time with them. You yeah, know? pretty much. Um, yeah. It's either that or there's a lot of times where you can't say you're not doing well because, you know, yeah. it's like. You're in a meeting, right? And it's it's in a, like say it's like an investor meeting or something. They say, hey, hey, how you doing? Oh, and you're gosh. like, you can't tell them. Oh, I'm having a terrible day. You know, this happened or something. Um, so in a lot of cases, you kind of do have to just fake oh, it. Oh my gosh! Way. Yeah, you know, it's right? so interesting. So I've been thinking a lot about this, and I've been. I think you're right. I think there's boundaries. There's like appropriate authenticity, right? And I've been trying to play in a zone of discomfort. I guess as yesterday would say, seek discomfort, where I start to share more of this to people. And like, as a great example, like I work now with a team of like 50 people and I'm learning to share with them when I'm like, Hey, I actually don't know if I'm doing this right. Mm -hmm. Which is like different because I feel like I'd like them to think that I am <laughs> right. Or like, actually we've even talked about this. Like when I get to know creators, right. For me, I feel so special and so anxious because it's a mix of business and personal relationships, right? There's a business relationship, there's a personal and they're tied together, but they're also separate. And for me, I'm always scared of, is there a way to do both? Mm -hmm. So I don't even remember, but Nate, at one point you asked me like, do you think Carrot's going to succeed, right? You're like, hey, you brought on a lot of creators, not only as clients, but also as investors. Like, how do you think this is going to go? And I don't know if you remember what I told you, but I was like, yeah, there's like a very high chance that we're going to fail. Yep. <laughs> and I would tell this to anybody who wanted to invest money. I was like, you're, you're probably going to lose your money. And for me, that's like a great case of like boundaries. Like, how do you handle this? Because I thought to myself, I'm like, yes, there's a business context here. But from a personal context, if I'm not being honest about how I think about this, like, I don't feel good as a human being, which then also ties back and reflects into how I conduct business. And so anyways, I just thought of this because you're talking a little bit about like, well, when you share, like it depends on the context and like, you know, right. If you're in a meeting with, I don't know, like a brand who's like talking about a brand deal and they're like, how are you Nate? And you're like, you know, I'm just so burned out. <laughs> yeah. It's and like, then exactly. It's like yeah. probably not right, but then there's like a balance. And so, I guess what I'm trying to say is I am trying to figure out this balance. I agree with you. I think there's boundaries and I'm trying, 
my own to explore what that is because I want to be more real with people because so many times I feel like I grew up trying to figure out how do I frame this the right way mm-hmm. in this context, totally. you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Whose turn is it? I think it's your turn. Level, turn. level three. Okay. Write a song about your partner, 30 seconds, then sing it aloud. Oh my gosh, it. wait, is this a wild card? I think we should okay. just, I think we should just card. skip this we one. Skip. Yeah. Okay, so for comics, every card that's completely <laughs> red is a wild card. They always have the wildest things. We're going to skip that. That's, that's, yeah, I actually, I, have I you, don't sing, no. I don't sing either. Okay, good. So we've just, both skip I, that. How do you, do you dance? I don't dance. Not really. Yeah, okay. I don't see, either. I'm see very this, self-conscious. This, this is nice hearing this. Um, It's a mix of self-conscious but actually more just um i don't know i don't really like music is in my is my thing that's like you know some people are more musical than others for me i i would much prefer to just read a book right or um yeah silence silence as well um you know some people love sports for example i love sports um music has never really been my my big thing i get that so okay here's this one what answer of mine made you light up Wow, good question, Nate. Actually, this is an easy one. When you said that you don't normally do this, I felt so special. Mm. I was like, wow. I felt honored because it felt like you're investing your time and intentions in something you wouldn't normally do but you're down to explore this with me. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel really honored and really happy. Like I actually really, I'll just be, I've actually really enjoyed getting to know you. Yeah. <laughs> and like every time I see you, it's just like fun. That's actually one of the reasons like I just messaged you because like I am a little scared making these asks. Right. But then I was like, well, I like Nate. And even if he says no, it's okay. And so like, yeah, I just felt really special and happy when you're like, I don't normally do this, but like, I find this unique and like, I'm, I'm learning and I'm trying this. And I was like, wow, that's like a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, well now I'm going to ask the same question to you. So. Oh, that one there. Yeah. What answer of mine made you light up? Which, which cards do we go through? Just those? Yeah. We've gone through actually every single one of the one that, the one that. We went through fast food Describing the feeling of love. Yeah. How do you describe your conversation? And are you lying to yourself about oh, anything? Wow. Um, what answer hmm. made you light up? I don't know. Okay. The, don't take this the wrong way. I don't know if any of them made me light up, but more so of uh, like big aha like yeah. moments. So, you know, like for example, when you said love is hard, right? Yeah. Like that was your first word that you yeah. thought of. That's not like a, wow, that's so exciting that it's hard. It's, yeah. It was more of like, a, whoa, right? And, um, it's not something that I, I would have thought of. I love that you shared that you're like, hey, none of these made me light up. Because think about it. If we didn't know each other, that's you'd be like, yeah, you know, like this one, yeah. really. Yeah, I just felt so, right? Like, think about it. The whole concept of sharing things that put you, that that's vulnerability you're sharing in front of me. To be like, actually, Eric, none of these made me light up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, cool. Nate feels close enough to tell me if like, yo, like. No, I mean, they were, yeah. they were terrific answers, but they, they were not ones that yes. were like I was excited in, in the way that like made me yeah. no and I yeah. I appreciate you sharing that yeah. all right let's do let's do a couple more and then we'll all call right. it all right level three 
let's, let's see what we get. I've never gone through all these questions, but it meant most of like every single one we've gone through today. I've never seen before. Wow. Oh, this is cool. This one might actually be easier. What can we create together? We can create this podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's um, the easy answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, no, but I think, uh, so like, I don't know if people know this, but like I wrote a very small check into carrot. And so yeah. that was something where I wanted to be on this journey with you, even though it's yeah. not, even though I'm not writing, you know, a multi-million dollar check into yeah. carrot, it was, I wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, I was in on the later stage of the you know, yeah. series B rather than getting into the, the pre-seed. Um, but I, I still wanted to be a part of it. Um, so we're, we're creating this yeah. together. We're creating oh. this company together in, in yeah. a way, uh, even though with my very small, minuscule I, part. Nate, I felt uh, so grateful. I think I literally told you, I was like, I just want you to know you're most likely to lose this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember so, you telling me that. Yeah. Because to me, like that is the reality of a venture-backed startup. We have yeah. a small chance of succeeding hugely and a high chance of not. And I do care about the personal relationship. Mm -hmm. And so even when I asked you, I was like, I can totally see from business value how this would be special. And from a personal perspective, how it'd be cool to build a close relationship. And I was like, okay, but I want to be super upfront with him. Yeah. But like, it's cool because I think from that, I have gotten to know you better. Yeah, totally. In terms of for me, I think I've realized more and more that relationships in life are come and go, right? There are people that have been very close in certain periods of time that I'm not anymore. There are people who I was not as close with, but I became closer. Like, I mentioned I recently did this with Nas Daily. I've known Osire for over 12 years. Wow. And like we've intersected and fluctuated in terms of how close we've been in those 12 years. Like sometimes we've been closer. Sometimes we've been where like we weren't talking to each other at all. And right now, if you think of our lines, like these waveforms, we're now at a point where we are intersecting and we're close again. And so for me, what we can create together... I am genuinely happy and grateful that I'm getting to build a relationship and friendship with you and appreciating it. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. So I said closeness varies over time, but at least in this moment of time, I feel really grateful that like you're doing this with me, man. Like yeah. honestly, dude. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I can relate to that. I, I yeah. totally see it. Yeah. All right, let's do Let's do one more. This time I'll choose All it. Right. How do our personalities complement each other? Hmm. I do have to think about that. Um, I think, so it's, it's hard to tell because I think you are naturally an introvert, but everyone would take you as an extrovert big time. I had to learn. And I, I, I typically get along really well with extroverts um, because yeah. I don't talk a lot. Right. So, so sometimes I'll, I'll be at a party. And I'll, I'll just go sit on the couch just because Yeah, you'll just vibe. Yeah. Just cause I'm happy to it. Um, but it's really nice to have people around who can talk and kind of, you know, ask those questions and, and bring me into the conversation. It definitely helps a lot. Appreciate that. I feel a deep understanding from you because I feel, I consider myself actually deep down, like really introverted. Like I'm okay. Like, when COVID first happened, obviously it was a terrible circumstance for many of us. There was a part of me, I was like, oh, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I had no problem staying inside alone right. for months. <laughs> yeah, and I have, you know what I, I was going to say, I have had to learn and I realize now it's a choice. I chose 
to learn how to become more extroverted because I felt, I felt really lonely, actually. This is for me in particular. I think for me, I was very introverted and I felt really, really lonely. And I just remember, you know, through high school, I just worked my butt off to get into college. And then in college for many years, I also just was like, I'm going to go into investment banking. And then, you know, like realized that was not the way. And so I really did isolate myself because it was like the self-perpetuating cycle. I didn't know how to socialize with people. So I told myself it's fine because like, I'm going to go accomplish X. And then like me being this weird person who was like, oh, who cares about human beings? Like I'm going to go accomplish X, you know, crazily enough, didn't make me the most endearing to people like <laughs> in terms of friendship. Like, right. It is this sort of meme yeah. where like, if you walk around and you're like, yeah, like I don't care about friends, like shockingly, you're probably not going to have a lot. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, I was just so miserable. I just decided to like learn how to do this. And so it's so interesting you say that because like, I think in terms of complimenting, I think I feel like a deep understanding with you. I feel like there are parts of me that others might not get because they're just seeing, oh, like, hey, like, I'm Eric. Like, come, let's, like, work together. Like, deep down, right? Like, I really just like to be alone. And I feel pressured and anxious to talk a lot. Sometimes I actually really just want to sit there and do absolutely nothing. And I feel like you get that. So. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. This okay. is why I'm, I'm telling you, it's well... I don't know if you can do it because of your company, but yeah. um, this is why I've, I've discovered this, this system basically where um, I'll do six to eight weeks on in, in basically talking, socializing, meetings, events, and then I'll go a week off in the woods, like completely off the grid. And that's like the way that I recharge. Um, and it's a game changer because I've, I've gone where I'll, I'll go months of just this kind of stuff and just going, 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 and then I'll just burn out. And it's, it's ugly if I burn out. So now I, I don't even get to the burnout point. I can just, just know I'm going to go spend a week in the woods. It's like those little circuit breakers. Yeah. That's kind they of really are useful. Beautiful that you know that about yourself. And I think that's how you avoid burnout. You go hard and then you know how to go hard in a different way. Yeah. And like to your point, Nate, you said like, oh, I don't know if you can do this as a company. What I've realized again, more and more, everything's a choice. It's not that I can't. It's just, I've chosen not to prioritize that. Yeah. And I do feel very burned out. And I think I might make that choice one day and be like, you know, I haven't taken time off since I graduated from college eight years ago. <laughs> Not a single. I think it would actually yeah. help too, because some of my so best too. ideas, some of the best things that I've in, in terms of business and also just in terms of life uh, and, and happiness and contentment in life uh, have, have come from those, oh, yeah. from those breaks. And so I think it would really be a net positive if let's say you take, five days, right? And you know, you tell everyone at the company, hey, look, I'm taking five days, a little, you can, you can call it a retreat, whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, where it's just you. And you just I go on a solo trip to Hawaii or wherever you go um, and just sit on the beach and think, just, you know, bring like a notepad or something. Um, and yeah. I think you're right because even the origin of Carrot came from when I was so burned out at Instagram, I just quit one day. I didn't like my manager. I just kind of was like, uh-huh. And even that brief period of time helped me eventually helped lead to this. So. Wow. Thank you, Nate, so much for joining and making time. Yeah. I really this appreciate is, this is you. Yeah. Yeah, this, All right. This is a really cool game. Yeah, thank you.